Hey, what's going on everybody? Jonathan from Backseat Banter here and I'm doing an interview um, on the ITM Inside the Minds podcast in this episode with Sam. They were kind enough to send us their audio file so we are going to be uploading this episode on our page as well so make sure to go check them out. Inside the Minds uh, is their podcast name so we had a great conversation. I hope you guys do enjoy. But before we get into the episode, please consider subscribing to the channel and following us on our social media platforms, Instagram, at backseat.banter, Twitter, at bbpodofficial. joined by a couple of very special guests jonathan and sam from a fellow sports podcast backseat banter these guys love sports and know what's good listen to them everywhere you listen to your podcasts they are bb pod official on twitter backseat.banter on instagram let's welcome backseat banter to the show guys welcome to inside the minds what's going on how are you guys doing great thank you for nice having us yeah. of course awesome so thought i thought we'd have you guys on for a little basketball little nba talk um, I guess, uh, so first question that I have, you guys are Heat fans, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So repeat or what? Repeat of the going back, going back to the finals. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take this one to start off. I, I, <laughs> I hope so. I mean, every year, if you're, if you're rooting for a team, you obviously want to see them succeed. And Miami honestly had a, a, a miracle run last year. They were the Cinderella story in every, uh, major playoff, uh, games that they played and really were the underdogs throughout the season but that really shaped their identity moving on to the the playoffs and eventually the finals to win two games against a LeBron led team isn't a small feat uh it takes it takes a team to do that and they said although the Lakers did reload and revamp with Montrez Harrell Dennis Schroeder all these guys coming onto their team underrated signing Marcus Sol um the Lakers got better and Miami stayed the same. So the goal is to get to the finals. They're going to do that. Hopefully if, if I'm, I'm, I'm eyeing this trade that they're, they're talking about with James Harden. I don't know if you guys have been <laughs> Ooh, yeah, there you go. before, so. before we jump into that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm sure that that'll take up a lot of time. I, we, we keep trying to stay away from it because we talked about James Harden like 10 times on our show and it just keeps coming back. Um, but yeah, like Jonathan said, the Lakers said reload and the heat said run it back. Um, so obviously we're hoping that bam takes the next step and Tyler hero continues to develop, although he's quickly becoming everyone's either favorite or hated, like most hated player. Uh, yeah, he's he's already in score. rap songs, so he's good. He's all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in that front, but the East got a lot tougher. Um, Brooklyn has come to play. KD looks healthy, which is scary for the rest of the league. Um, the Bucks only improved. I guess the only team that really took a big step back was the Raptors um, losing all of their key vets. But then the Celtics, I guess they lost Gordon Hayward, but he wasn't really that helpful in the playoffs. So 
it really is just a case of the heat stayed the same and just hope to got uh, to get better from um, the inside. And that's why uh, Jonathan was bringing up the James Harden rumors because, well, if there's anything you know about Pat Riley, he chases whales and he tries to get them as soon as possible. So if there was ever going to be something that really makes the heat, the favorites rather than another underdog Cinderella story, it would be some kind of trade for a top five player in the NBA. Yeah. I definitely hear what you guys are saying. I mean, I think Tyler Hero, like we saw what he was doing in the Eastern Conference Finals. He's taking that next step next year. So, I mean, yeah, you didn't necessarily get better. But like you said, you're getting better from the inside. And typically we see teams that are great for a long time. That's what they do. Hmm. Uh, We look look across sports. The Patriots do that. So, um, in theory, it looks bright for the Heat. And I think they can run it back. Definitely. I think instead of James Harden, though, I want your guys' take on this. They should actually uh, trace Bradley Beal. Um, cause I don't think once James Harden gets into Miami, I think Jimmy Butler's <laughs> not going to like the attitude. Um, like he didn't like Carl Anthony Towns. He didn't like Andrew Wiggins. He's going to eat James Harden alive. Bradley Beal though. He's from St. Louis. He knows how to handle himself. Um, he'll be, he'll be good to go. I think. So, so Kevin's oh. from also from St. Louis. Just yeah, so I'm from the loop. Just, just um, letting you guys know. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think Bradley Beal would be better than James Harden. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start this one and I'll throw it back to you, Jonathan. Um, so the reason why, I don't know about the Jimmy question, because when Bleacher Report first posted this on their Instagram, Jimmy Butler was like the first one to like that post, the, Jim, the James Harden to Miami rumor. Um, and then oh. he was asked about it by uh, Rachel Nichols on ESPN. He was like, it's because I liked his haircut and his beard in that photo. So I, it, it's obviously just a, a cover up. So he didn't get any tampering charges, obviously thrown on him. But uh, Jimmy Butler seems very into the idea, at least in, in his public presence. Um, he, he's made it known that he's okay with that. But Bradley Beal, I do agree. He fits more into the culture that the Heat have. He's more willing to play defense, but the Wizards don't seem as willing to move him as the Rockets seem willing to move James Harden. So it's, it really just comes down to which top, I don't know, five shooting guard in the NBA. Can you get your hands on? What would it take though, to move James Harden? I mean, that's, that's a what huge, would you guys have to give up? Right? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're looking at if, if Tyler hero needs to be involved in a trade for Miami, that's great and all, but he's still on his rookie contract. He doesn't make um, enough money. James Harden makes $41.2 million, I believe. So you need mm-hmm. to match that uh, with assets that they would want. So it's, it's kind of difficult to line that up. They, they would include young players like uh, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, maybe throw in Kelly Olynyk and Andre Iguodala to meet the cap. But Miami probably has one of the best packages that they can offer to Houston. Um, I know Boston has a lot of assets that they can move as well. Um, there's a bunch of teams out there that can really make a splash. I know Milwaukee's out there as well as one of Harden's destinations. But going back to the Bradley Beal um, rumors, I, I've been kind of a fan of them um, ever since they, they first came out during the, the postseason or even mid-bubble when mm-hmm. all of this stuff was coming out that he was – going on and and trying to get out of there. But I don't really know what the future is for this Washington team. I mean, they trade John Wall for Russell Westbrook. I think they they won that. Um, Oh, definitely. But but now I'm looking at that team. Can they contend in the East uh, with a a duo in Russell Westbrook and James – not James Harden, apologies, Bradley Beal? I I think they they have a shot 
uh, at making a real splash in the East. I know they can push some of these teams. I, I feel like this, this might be a little bit of a, a hot take, but this might be um, Russell Westbrook's best teammate when he's the leader of the team. So not, not Kevin Durant, not James Harden. This is like Victor Oladipo, Paul George, those, those kind of guys when Russell Westbrook is leading that team. So I feel like this can be another MVP-esque season for Westbrook. And I don't think Washington's ready to move on from Beal that soon. Well, not only that, they gave up a first-round pick for mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. So you, you can't just keep stripping down the team and uh, giving away these, these draft picks as well, too. So that moving Beal really doesn't make too much sense. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And that's why I think they're trying to run it with Bradley Beal and um, Russell Westbrook together as a unit before they, they'd be willing to move on Beal. I know they were trying their hardest to get Wall and Beal to play with one another, but there was some locker room tension. I know uh, John Wall was not too thrilled about the possibility that Bradley Beal would be the number one on that team. So that's why they had to move on from John Wall, but they seem a lot more intent on keeping Bradley Beal. And Bradley Beal seems a lot happier in Washington than, than James Harden seems in Houston. Uh, if there was some kind of trade, we know um, the Sixers and the Nets were the top two teams on his list, but both teams uh, were kind of hesitant to include any of their young stars in any kind of trade. So that really leaves, I think, what the Bucks and the Heat as the only two other teams on James Harden's shortlist of where he would want to go that could trade. And the Bucks can make an interesting package as well, but I don't know how the money works out there. Got to look a little bit more into the Bucks deal, but it, it really seems like the Heat have the best young asset that they can uh, trade to Houston. Now, if they pull that trigger or not, is causing a lot of uproar uh, with Miami fans. Yeah, it's basically right now we, we just put a video out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, the Miami Civil War, we're calling it, between <laughs> fans saying that we should give up an arm and a leg for Harden or fans saying that Tyler Hero is the main name coming up, is untouchable. And he's like the next Michael Jordan is, is <laughs> what Miami fans like to, to frame him as. But I'm, I'm one of those guys that's on board with the trade. You know, the Lakers revamped, so we need to do it as well if we want to even win two more games. They're, they're better than they were last year. What do you guys think about Philly? Um, they're always like a dark horse. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, you know, Stephen A is always like dogging on them. Or ESPN essentially is always dogging on them for just the bar is so high, but the expectations are so high, I should say. But yet they still end up, you know, wet in the bed. Like, what do you guys think of them? Because I'll take this one. Yeah, (laughs) I'll take this one. I'll take this one. So on our podcast, I I said once and infamously, um, I got some hate for it. But I said Joel Embiid is going to be the runner up in MVP votes behind Steph Curry. When was this? This was, say this was probably a week ago. It was about a week ago. We had an, oh, man. Uh, an episode called NBA Hot Takes where we just try to throw like the craziest things we could think of and justify them. I think it'll hit though because, I mean, they get the new coach. We see Joel Embiid is going to play more face up. He's not going to be back to basket always. He's going to be able to get that ball in his hands and facilitate an offense. His numbers are going to skyrocket. I, I know – they got um, Seth Curry, which is going to help with the shooting woes on that team. And, and maybe Ben Simmons can actually play the power forward where I feel like he'll thrive in because, as, as you said earlier, he cannot shoot. <laughs> but 
they they did improve in the aspects that they needed to. I believe they also got Danny Green. I mean, we're let's not talk about Danny Green's shooting right now, but he he is he has shown in the past that he was consistent. So hopefully they can get some sort of version of him. But I feel like this Philly team is going to do really well this season. I like them a lot as like dark horse contenders in the East. Um, would I pick them over Milwaukee, over Miami, over maybe even Indiana? No. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I feel like the 76ers have been regressing the last three years. Um, Cause what was it? LeBron's last year in Cleveland, they were favored to go to the finals and then wet the bed there. Um, sticking in the East though. Um, my favorite deal that happened this off season was actually probably the worst deal for any Eastern conference team. Tristan Thompson going to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, did the Celtics make a terrible choice there? <laughs> is Tristan Thompson really that overrated? Like I believe he is. Well, the market for center was a little difficult to assess this offseason. I know players like DeMarcus Cousins were waiting on teams. They could have probably went on and signed him. But the biggest role that the Celtics were missing last year during their playoff runs, and, and really the kryptonite that Miami exploited them with when they did eventually lose, was that they didn't have a reliable big man to go and get rebounds, to go and set screens, and, and really help Kemba Walker facilitate that offense. We saw Tice last season play play decent, but he would struggle with fouls every game and, and would normally get sit down in the fourth quarter and then they would just put their small ball lineup in and, and just go out and, and win the game. But that didn't really work in the postseason. I like the Tristan Thompson signing. I know it's not the best name. You know, it's, it's Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. It's not Andre Drummond, who his name is getting um, – depleted over the years but he's still Andre Drummond but well I was gonna say because in the east it really seems like there's a very heavy emphasis on big men I think the east might have a a much stronger front court than the west right now if we're looking across the entire conference we have Giannis who's basically a big right with Brooke Lopez that's one of the craziest front courts that that we have we have Bam Adebayo who's probably like the second best passing big man in the NBA right right behind Jokic um then we, we we go to brooklyn who has jared allen and deandre jordan we have drummond who jonathan just mentioned um playing up there in cleveland blake griffin might be coming back from that injury and could be healthy and you know wreck havoc uh in detroit so every team that wants to compete in the east has to go through oh and i, I even forgot miles turner in indiana like there's a lot of big men in the eastern conference that any team has to go through so when your biggest weakness is center you kind of have to bite the bullet and try to go for a guy like Tristan Thompson who he, he's a pretty good rebounder and he's a good interior defender and that's all he's going to provide for you but that might be what you need to contend in that eastern conference because we know what they can do in terms of putting the ball in the basket they got Jason Tatum and Kemba to run in that show Jalen Brown in stretches he can light you up but they, they needed that guy in the paint and Tice was not cutting it for them so going to the West, um, do you, before we get to the Lakers, because, you know, Kevin's all excited and giddy when I say the word Lakers. Uh, he is uh, obviously the, the LeBron guy here. But do you guys think that Golden State's going to be okay without Clay? I think Golden State's going to be more than okay. Um, they made some nice moves, uh, getting James Wiseman, getting Kelly Oubre. They, they have a team around them that can still show out. And I'm just – 
I don't know if it's just me, but I'm just excited to see Steph Curry <laughs> finally back. I mean, I, I yeah, missed him. Yeah, same, same, honestly. Yeah. I, I missed him so much. <laughs> as an NBA fan, like, when the Warriors are playing, you have to tune in because Steph's just going to do something crazy. And it's just going to bring that ex- excitement to the game. Um, I know this season we, we might not be playing with much fans in the arenas, but Steph Curry is just going to bring that electricity through mm-hmm. the, the television. So hopefully, um, I, I feel like, the Warriors are still like a threat in the West. I don't know. Like you're not just going to, if you play them in the playoffs, you're not just going to overlook Stephen Curry and, and a bunch of guys like Draymond Green is also a really good role player for Mm -hmm. that team. So they still have some kind of culture. I know Steve Kerr is a really good coach too. So I, I wouldn't rule them out in any way, shape or form in competing in the West. Yeah. So this really might be another Steph Curry MVP type season because he has to, if they want to compete and it man have you seen him shooting he's no longer shooting from the tunnel now now he's shooting from the stands because right, there's yeah, no fans the fans, pre-game yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he's, he just goes up to to the uh stands and just shoots from there and it he makes it look easy so um let's see if he has any new ideas up his arsenal maybe he'll start pulling up from half court and that that'll just ruin nba defenses if you have to guard him all the way out there uh, I don't know if he's going to do that or not, if Steve Kerr will stomach that or not, but they got a young team, right? We saw Eric Pascal kind of develop last year and he was one of the surprise rookie of the year candidates. Nobody expected the second rounder to be able to do that. Um, and James Wiseman, I got big hopes for James Wiseman. I think he could be the piece that they were always missing. They never had a good big man. So um, really they, they, they could put that roster together. Clay's a big hit. But if Kelly Oubre can develop, we know the Golden State development team is one of the best in the NBA. So I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm not – I used to love the Warriors. Um, back when it was Monte Ellis and Steph Curry, I thought they were fun to watch. But then the mm-hmm. Warriors became the super team, and Steph Curry was so cocky and obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Super team without LeBron, so it doesn't yeah, yeah, doesn't so count. Stupid. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. dumb. Why would you want a super team without LeBron? Um, <laughs> well, you know, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they are fun to watch, unfortunately. But I don't know. I feel like Clay is the glue that holds that team together, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, when he's healthy, he's a top three defender in the NBA. Like, I firmly believe that. And he can go score 70 at will if he wants. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. I definitely think they'll still compete, though. They'll be back in the playoffs without a problem. Um, it'll be interesting I don't to see know. what Wiseman does. I don't know without a problem because the West keeps getting deeper and deeper. And we see teams like Utah having a nice playoff run. We see uh, the Nuggets also really, really showing out against the Clippers and, and playing a nice series with the Lakers. And then the the bottom of the West is getting better and better too. So I know this, this year I think there's going to be like the 10th seed can play in to the playoffs and it's going to be a 72 game season. So it's going to open the door for a lot of lower seeds to also push those seven and eighth seeds. So I'm, I'm really excited to just see those, those play in tournaments, first of all, and then how they're going to affect the landscape. Because last year we got an eighth seed in Portland who people were picking to upset the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, we are real people. well for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't like those takes um, from anybody. I knew the Lakers were going to win. Um, so I wasn't worried, but um, yeah, like you said, the West is getting deeper. I mean, Minnesota didn't make the playoffs last year. 
Memphis uh-huh. was right on the cusp of making it, which I don't. I wasn't expecting them to be that close already with Jaw. Um, the Suns were right there. I think Houston's going to take a step back. Um, I really do. So they'll open up a spot for the Warriors. But yeah, West is deep. Um, the only team you don't have to worry about is Sacramento out West. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll be interesting, but, um, sticking with the West, of course, the Clippers, what do you guys think about that Paul George deal? Oh my God. Is he worth that much money? And does this ruin the Clippers future? Um, it's kind of like Gordon Hayward money. You, you expect them to get it, but then you're shocked when they do. Paul George is, is a really good player. I mean, other than last season, pandemic P, we all we all know the story. But I, I'm a big Paul George fan. I don't know. Uh, going back to the rivalry with Miami when he was in uh, Indiana, uh, those games, that atmosphere was just crazy. And Paul George was igniting the whole arena, getting getting Heat fans pissed. And ever since then, I, I like developed a respect for him. And I know he was going through some like mental toughness during the bubble, and it was it was difficult on him. So I'm not gonna really point fingers and say it was Paul George's fault, whatever, blah blah. I'm not too opposed to the deal. I know he was training with his trainer that when he finished the season top three in MVP votes in Oklahoma, he he's kind of getting back on track to develop into what we know as Paul George, what we expect as fans as Paul George. And I'm I'm not too upset with the contract because it's not yeah, it's, it's a lot of money, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you, you decided to invest in this system. You, you decided to invest in Kawhi Leonard, and that came with Paul George. So if you're going to build, you're building with this in the future. And if you're going to move on, it's going to have to be from trading because they're locked in. Yeah, you don't give up that treasure chest of picks to not keep a guy like Paul George on your team. And you're right. The bubble was not for everyone. And that's honestly one of the reasons why, like we were talking the Miami heat had so much success is they were so strictly about basketball. Like Jimmy Butler didn't even want his family there because that was a distraction. He didn't want to have, you know, there, there are some teams that were built for it and the Clippers were not one of those teams. Um, even during the playoffs, I was saying this when they, they were beating on teams, I was just saying like, listen, they play like they don't care. They play like they know they're going to win because they're so talented, but they're not playing basketball the right way. And I don't think they're going to make that mistake twice. They they're moved on for, from doc rivers, or at least formerly known as doc rivers. He wants to be referred to as Glenn rivers now. And, Oh, uh, okay. That's new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't want to respect, uh, disrespect the, the legend, Dr. J, which is the only doc that should be from Philly. That's that's mm-hmm. the, the basis. Yeah, that's behind actually that. kind of respectable. I like it. Yeah. So formerly known as Doc Rivers. Uh, now they're with uh, uh, Ty Lue, who he did coach LeBron to a championship. So I guess that's that, that got to count for something. Uh, a lot of times LeBron's the one coaching the team, but we'll see what happens there. <laughs> um Obviously, that's not the case in Miami because we're still sticking with Spo. But in a lot of other places, once LeBron leaves, the coach leaves too because you know you see that he wasn't that great after all. But he's good at managing personalities, and they got quite a few in that locker room. They got Serge Ibaka, which I think is a big pickup. I know they lost uh, Montrez Harrell, but I think Serge Ibaka might bring more to that team uh, as an individual. Like his skill set is more what they need. Uh, because they do have a lot of bench depth, bench scoring. So they don't really need that guy that, that can run around and be a spark plug. They, they need more of that veteran presence. And Serge Ibaka happened to win a championship with Kawhi Leonard, so that always helps. 
What do you guys think? So this is my favorite offseason acquisition. I know he's old. I know he's up there in age, mm-hmm. but I still think he will make the team better. What do you guys think about the Suns? I think Ooh. I personally think Chris Paul is going to make yep. Devin Booker so much better. I think DeAndre Ayton is going to take the next step. I think it's going to be a dangerous team. I don't know if it's this year, but if they if they get another guy next year, I like they're they're going to contend. They're going to contend pretty quick. Maybe not even for up. this year. Maybe not even for this year, like you said. But Devin Booker is going to his ceiling just went up like three stories, just by having a guy like that to play with, to learn from, to to be on his team and really coach him because. He has not seen success yet. Devin Booker, that's the one knock on him. He had like the 70-point game. He's had all these crazy highlights. We know the talent that he has, but he has not seen a lot of success. And to an extent, neither has Chris Paul, but we can look at Chris Paul and say he's a winner, even though he hasn't won. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, he, he knows sure. the game. He knows how basketball is supposed to be played. He's one of the greatest basketball minds. Just because of a couple injuries, you know, they were like one game away from the finals if he didn't get hurt um, in Houston. They were a really solid team, and he's had a lot of solid teams around him that just didn't pan out. But if he's working with Devin Booker, honestly, Devin Booker was working with the late great Kobe, and we saw the big step that he took after that offseason. Now he gets an entire season playing alongside uh, another NBA legend in Chris Paul, who's still capable of producing. We didn't think he was going to do what he did with Oklahoma, and look where that took them. They were supposed to be a bottom of the the barrel team, and they made the playoffs. So I think Chris Paul can do wonders. I really like that signing, or at least that trade, rather. Let me let me just build on to this point. The Suns last year should have made the playoffs. They went undefeated in the bubble and looked really, really nice. But I'm looking prior to the bubble. Early on in the season, they were really dominating. And then DeAndre in gets a 25-game suspension. And that team really got derailed. And their chemistry was all off because they didn't have their star big man. I'm, I'm looking for this team to build that big three, in a sense, of Aiton, Paul, and Booker the right way. They're going to do it in a sense that they know they have a chip on their shoulder. People are overlooking them in a sense because they're the, the miracle in the bubble. You know, they, they went undefeated and, and looked really, really nice out there. And people didn't expect that from them at all. So they're going to play with the sense of they belong here now, the sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see very, very quickly that this Phoenix team isn't a joke that they're going to come out and they're going to pretty much contest every game that they're in. Uh, None of them are going to be major favorites. None of them are going to be games that they're decisively heavyweight favorites. They're going to be in games that they're not getting respect for. They're going to be the team that's overlooked and they're just going to keep performing over and over and over again. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I actually think that I would not be surprised at all if the Suns were a top four seed in the West this year. Mm. I could see it. Um, it, Like you said, um, Sam, with him playing a whole season with Chris Paul, uh, mm-hmm. Devin Booker, like, man, I can't wait to see what goes on there. Um, like, Because we saw the leap that both Devin Booker and Jason Tatum took with one offseason with Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, that whole year. Oh my goodness, it's gonna be crazy to watch. Um, so yeah, it's, Suns are gonna be legit. Um, last team I think we have to talk about in the West here that's of relevance right now: the wonderful Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love them, defending champions. 
Um, like you guys mentioned earlier, they retooled. You think they got better or they got worse? There's no doubt they got better. I mean, you get <laughs> you go from JaVale McGee to Marcus Soul. <laughs> you you go and White get a guy the Montrez Harrell. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the Montrez Harrell signing, don't even get me started. The the, the main reason that's a, a plus for the Lakers is because he's not suiting up for the Clippers anymore. Yep. It just makes it that much easier for them to to have a path to the finals going through a team where, I mean, Montrez Harrell, six man of the year, one of the most energetic and uh, hustle. He won the Hustle Player of the Year Award, which is kind of a BS award, but um, – <laughs> He got it, so uh, he's he's good, and they're gonna be a lot faster this year with Schroeder running running the helm at point guard. So there's no doubt they got better. It's gonna be a lot harder for teams in the West to get past them. That's that's for sure. All I could think of was um that Breaking Bad meme where Jesse's just yelling, "He can't keep getting away with this about LeBron," because it <laughs> seems like he's always getting better stars on his team. That I mean, getting Anthony Davis was big. I think that was handled kind of wrong. They could have kept that young core and had Davis if Davis didn't throw such a big fit to get out of uh, New Orleans the way that he got out of there. They could have had an even scarier team if they had Ingram and Ball. Uh, But I don't think they had any interest in developing those guys. So it was mutual for both sides. Um, But I I think it's just they, they keep getting stronger. And yeah, you're right. One of the biggest things is they just got a guy away from one of their competitors. Having Montrez play on the other side of Staples Arena, I know it's not a big move for him. He gets to stay at home and he all he has to do is go one locker room over. But it's a big deal that they don't have to face him presumably seven times in the playoffs. So early, uh, I guess we'll start with the rookies. Um, who, who do you guys think is going to impress the like us the most this year? Like it could be top five. It could be like anywhere in the, anywhere in the first round, any team. Who do you guys think is going to impress us? Possibly rookie of the year candidate, but a dark horse rookie of the year candidate. I'm looking at Onyeka Kongwu for the Atlanta Hawks. One of my favorite player in the draft. He was my fourth ranked player. I know the Bulls took Patrick Williams at number four, which was a shock to the most, uh, most of the NBA fans, but Onyeka Kongwu, I, I felt like, was a better fit for that team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see how he's going to fare with the Atlanta Hawks. I know that they look scarier than they have in the past. They do have Clint Capella, though, so that's going to limit him a little bit in the rookie of the year sense. If we're looking at rookie of the year, it's it's not something that is something you should sh- apologies, shy away from when looking at LaMelo Ball because of the opportunities that he's going to have. He's going to get a lot of minutes and he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. So he's going to get a lot of attention social media-wise and defense-wise. People are going to be game planning for him, and, and people take note of the gravity you have on the basketball court. So Onyeka Okongwu mm-hmm. as the dark horse, and then LaMelo Ball as the, the obvious answer. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I like Okongwu a lot. I, I think that he kind of fell a little too much, but not not nothing ridiculous. But – uh, I'm looking at guys that I like that that went a little later. I really like Sadiq Bay. I think he's going to have a good career there. I don't know if Detroit's the best fit for him, but I think he's a really promising young player. Got to show some hometown love to Precious Achua. He, he's special. But I, I kind of agree with your take there. I don't think Anthony Edwards, the number one overall pick, is going to be in that rookie of the year race for too long. That was such a um, strange pick. I don't know why they did that, but I mean, Minnesota at least. It was, it was weird. It was yeah, weird. I mean, he fits there. That's kind of what, what they needed. And he does have pr- 
promising talent, but he's more of like a project. I think they traded a couple of years to get there. They traded away Jimmy Butler to get a Jimmy Butler-esque project. It, mm-hmm. do, it doesn't really make sense. Because they had to treat Cat with special privileges and couldn't mm-hmm. have anyone challenging him mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I don't know about James Wiseman, if he's going to have a big enough role in Golden State to really have the rookie. He might be most impactful rookie. He might be the rookie that makes it the furthest in the playoffs but he's not going to be the, that guy that really controls the team. So really we're looking at someone like LaMelo, like Jonathan said, where we, we've seen he's the flashy one. We know that ESPN and NBA Instagram and all of that is going to give him all the love in the world. He, he got four assists in his opening game and all four were blasted all over social media. How many right? points? <laughs> and he had not a single point, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you would think that he had some kind of marvelous game in his preseason debut he hit a three tonight and that i saw that about a thousand times so you know he's going to get the the media love and that's kind of how you win rookie of the year it's just you get voted on by the press so honestly if we're going to make realistic predictions probably going to be a mellow ball so i mean here's my dark horse candidate i was upset that he fell this far i would have liked to see him be higher up uh obi toppin like he wasn't highly recruited out, out of high school he went to dayton wasn't power five school and yet he dominates, gets the Wooden Award. Like his development's been so phenomenal throughout college. Mm-hmm. Like he's just going to get better in the NBA, and his energy, hustle, and just pure athleticism, which is where the NBA is going, anyways. I think he could surprise some people. Um, but I like the that. La- you- oh, go yeah. ahead. The last thing the Knicks needed was another big. Yep. They, they went. They got another forward, and it's going to mm-hmm. be it's going to be very difficult to get him on the floor with guys like. Um, Portis, they have Robinson as well, and now you add another guy like Obi Topin to the mix. I know he's probably going to play forward. He might take some minutes away from Knox, but um, if he gets the opportunity, yeah, I like him as a player. He he had some nice highlights in his first preseason game as well. So I yeah, like I think- a, a, not only a big, but a big that can't play. He refuses to play defense. He is terrible. Mm-hmm. He is so bad at defense. He'll <laughs> figure it out in the NBA. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, Portis has that injury issues um, in his past, so I don't think Portis will actually stay healthy the full year and Toppin will get his minutes um, throughout the uh, year. They got Randall, too. Julius Randall's Julius also Randall. prone, so <laughs> not too worried, honestly. That's probably why the Knicks... It might have, have Randall running the point. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible in New York. Let's be real here. Um, but Especially I like with Tibbs. I like that you brought up the uh, Bulls pick. Um, I thought that was a terrible pick because he was slated what 16th or 17th the most draft boards draft him at four overall um is that hey, don't rank bad. don't rank on my fsu guy i i go to fsu so should have won I mean, that national there you go my dude honestly right now just just complete side note oh uh, what's up with your guy uh he, he got into a medically induced coma who what are you talking about there was an fsu uh, player that collapsed I thought it was a flurry. No, it, it, it was a, it was a, it was a guy know. that was in. He, he, he played for UF. He, he wasn't a Florida, Florida State player. I thought it was Florida State. No, it was Florida. It was, it was, oh, it was Florida. Oh, it was Florida. in the Florida State game, but he was on UF. Yeah, he uh, okay. suffered some heart complication, mm-hmm. apparently. So That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. So it was against the, the Knowles, but it, he was a Gator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just all, I, I saw all the headlines, like Florida State game. Like, okay, never mind. So here, here, Jonathan, before, before anyone says anything else, here's the thing. I love the pick only because here's all right, Kevin, 
he you can look at the mocks, but at the same time, it was going up in the mocks anyway. So and then he wasn't even slated to go in the first round. Number one, but number two, you're not helping Madison, the case. <laughs> no, but here's the, the thing. Round, you should be more overall, overall, that's terrible. But he knows the thing is that FSU they play a platoon system. Leonard Hamilton is a great coach. He plays all 15 guys or 18, however however much they have. He doesn't start games. He finishes them. Everybody literally plays over 20 minutes a night. I'm not worried at all whatsoever. I'm very cautiously optimistic being a Bulls fan with Billy Donovan as a head coach too, because mm-hmm. you, obviously, I don't know. I think that Oklahoma team could have gone farther, but I don't know with his coaching a little here and there. I'm just cautiously optimistic, but anything better than coach. the last guy you had. Everyone's every, yeah, oh, for sure. dude. Boylan, Boylan was a clown. He was, he was a huge clown. Oh my God. He was terrible. But I, I trust in AK. I trust in Mark Eversley. So I think they made the right pick. <laughs> the only problem is that all Bulls Twitter is comparing him to Kawhi. So I think we got to bump the brakes there. But other than that, I think I, I think I'm again cautiously optimistic. I think he'll be a great player, you know, down the road. Y'all could have traded three down for him though. Yeah, yeah, they should have. hundred percent. I was actually gonna say that he, he's a good three and D player, which is what every successful team in the NBA has. They they have one of those guys that can they can rely night in and night out to go guard the the uh opposing team's best player and score the basketball for you when you need it. So I, I get what they're doing. They didn't really trust Otto Porter to be that for that team. And they felt like they can build along alongside Zach Levine, a core that can really compete in the future. I, I feel like they could have traded back to get a player like him, even get him with like the, the ninth pick, but they must've known something that we didn't. They must've known that he was flying up the draft boards mm-hmm right before draft day and they were like if we want to get him we have to get him here because you know it's what unusual. this reminds me of go ahead yeah Mitch Trubisky <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't like it you don't like the pick I mean I'm not sure he wasn't even really a starter obviously I, I, I get what he's saying but um I don't know it just sounds all too familiar with with Chicago well, sports. Bart, now the only so. problem is, is that Mitch Trubisky actually was beat out all three years before his junior year by a guy that's not even in the NFL anymore. Patrick Williams, he was a freshman. He was the second youngest guy in the draft, and he was flying up everyone's boards. The Knicks tried to trade up to get him too. So this is very. It's not even close. It's not even. In, uh, I'll, be I'll be patient. I'll be patient. Not even that. To be fair, the Bears had no way of knowing that they were going to have possibly one of the best players of all time, like three picks down the line. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when you have Deshaun Watson that draft too, though, like everyone knew mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson special, and they still decided to take mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky over. Yeah. Watch. Well, you know, we'll mention this later on, Kevin and Bart, but it's okay. Our guy beat Deshaun. It's all good. I'm fine. It's all good. All right. It's all good yeah. in the hood. All right. Well, I got one final question for you guys before we let all you right. guys go. Uh, you don't have to give long answers to this. This can be short and sweet. Jordan or LeBron? I don't like the GOAT comparison. Uh, <laughs> That's no fun. That's not a fun answer. It's, it's absolutely a fun answer. I just want to get it's, Matt riled up. So it's, I, I saw a clip of Michael Jordan talking about this, and he said it's unfair to assess a player from a different generation of basketball to another player of different generation of basketball. He was saying, if we're going to look at championships, Bill Russell is the greatest of all time. If we're going to look at success, I won six, but like he won 11. So what are we, what are we looking at here? But it's, they're all different basketball players. I, I just appreciate everyone for what they bring to the table and, 
LeBron's not in the top four all time. So oh let's my! See. Ooh, there you go. I like that. <laughs> oh, we just became we're, best friends. We're cut that yeah. for sure. <laughs> we were we were doing our NBA Mount Rushmore, and um, some of us said like, "Oh, LeBron's like two, maybe three. And then Jonathan's like, "Nope, nope, he's not even on my top four. <laughs> Being like, okay. a Heat fan, really. Wow, well, okay, that's see, surprising. I think I think what happened in 2011 kind of disqualifies him from ever being the goat. Ah, uh, uh, thank you so much. Appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Let's be real. Jordan spent his entire career playing against unathletic white guys. So, Carl Malone. It. It's impossible to assess the eras. <laughs> Gary, Gary Payton apparently was super unathletic and, and white. Yeah. Apparently, according to Kevin, Gary. <laughs> okay, Payton. you have Carl Malone was apparently white player. and the athletic. third the third leading scorer of all time and the steals leader of all time and the assists leader of all time are and the pistons don't even get me started on that pistons team yeah guys who are told to explicitly go break your legs (laughs) (laughs) so kevin kevin might not want to invite you guys anymore more (laughs) unathletic that they had to actually like try to physically destroy jordan instead of actually playing basketball and he was still dropped 40 so, so so much for keeping it short, huh, Kevin? You thought this was gonna be a short conversation. They'd pick your guy. Not I did. I 100 percent did. I was ready for that validation. But okay, Jonathan, I just have to ask since you said he's not in the top four, he's now in your Mount Rushmore. Who is your Mount Rushmore? I got Wilt, Jordan, okay. uh-huh, Kobe, and I'm blanket on the fourth one I had in there. But um, I think it was magic. Or Kareem, it was either. Uh, it was Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I had him in the in the top four. So Jordan's not my top three, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if, if with a statement like mine, I don't get yours as outlandish. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan's number four for me, but um, yeah. I mean, I respect everyone's opinion on it, besides Matt's. Um, <laughs> everyone has a valid argument for it, and no one's ever going to settle the debate. But I like to hear other people's opinion. Um, <laughs> cool. It was awesome having you guys on. We loved having you. It's a great. Appreciate pleasure you guys. Here. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for joining the show. Appreciate you guys uh, for 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 coming on and uh, having some basketball banter. There you go with us. Yeah, appreciate appreciate you guys having us on. Um, it was really a pleasure. We should do this more often. Yeah, for sure. Oh, one, Hundo, Hundo P is the youngin say nowadays. <laughs> so we, we can have maybe a longer conversation about LeBron in the next one. Oh, okay. man, absolutely. Ooh. I'm always down. <laughs> really right, assess that goat conversation. Yeah, take it easy. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Thank you guys so much.